When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil. She's going to the altar for the 11th time. How have you gotten 10 men to marry you? What is your secret? You want to know, right? She's had 10 divorces. Number five. Lasted two years. Number eight. Six weeks. Number 10. A little over a month. Will this room be a keeper? Number 11 is here. Dr. Phil has the question on everyone's mind. I mean, seriously, what the hell are you thinking? Let's do it. If we're going to do something here that matters, then we got to deal with the truth. Have a good show, everybody. Here we go. If I can help get this family back on track, are you willing to do that? Ready, three, take. This is going to be a changing day in your life. Go, Dr. Fell. Well, we have a bride to be today. We have a bride to be with us today who's getting married November 11th, 2011. I mean, it's a good time to get married, right? That's 11, 11, 11. And her wedding will be held at 11, 11. Now, she's been married before. Not once, not twice, actually not three times. In fact, not four, five, or six times. In fact, this woman has been married 10 times. She's been divorced 10 times. Now, Monette is about to get married for the 11th time. Take a look. I have been married 10 times before, and they all ended in divorce. I've had a lot of quirky experiences with my marriages. My very first marriage is kind of funny because I was six days out of high school. I was talking to my boyfriend, and we just decided that we were going to get married. So we took off, drove to Vegas, and got married. One marriage. I met the guy online. We met on a Friday. I was married in one week after I met him. And then six weeks later, we were divorced. Then I had a marriage, well, actually two marriages, where I remarried the person. If I was to look back at my marriage resume, I probably wouldn't hire me. Well, with 10 marriages behind her, Manette is determined to make number 11 her lucky day. Despite being married 10 times before, I am going to throw my hat back in the ring and try it again with my fiance, Anthony. I am getting married on 11-11-11 because it will be my 11th marriage. We're going to have 11 bridesmaids, 11 groomsmen. We're going to have an 11-tier cake. We're going to have an 11-step ladder that takes us up to the top tier so we can cut it at the reception. And we're going to get married at 11-11 a.m. because I need some kind of luck here. I absolutely have concerns about getting married an 11th time because when you've had so many failures, you sit there and you wonder, can I do this? Am I just fooling myself? I don't think I can handle another failure. I want this to work more than anything. 11 weddings? I mean, come on. But we're going to meet Mr. 11 soon. Maybe he'll be Mr. 11. Maybe he'll cut and run. I don't know. Now, Manette says that the secret to getting proposals is putting the man first.
and putting herself second. Now, why don't you come over here, if you would. How are you? Hi. You're not going to marry me, are you? No. <laughs> do you laugh like that all the time? I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you can do in this situation. <laughs> Still got 10 guys to marry you, even with that laugh. Okay. No, just kidding. Just kidding. I can't. I can't. All right. Now, number one, you eloped from high school, right? Yes. Okay. You, but this one actually stuck a while. 10 years, three Ten children? Years, yes. Wow. Now, number two, you know each other about a year before the wedding, right? About you get two months. About two months. Okay. You got married for how long? Um, for about two years. Then number three, you remarried number two. Yes. Number four, you dated for a month, right? <laughs> then he proposed, you got married two days later. Yes. So it didn't take you long to get it done once he proposed. No, we did not. Okay, <laughs> five months, that one lasted. Number five, you dated two months before getting married. It lasted two months. At least you've got some balance. Well, no, five actually lasted two years. Oh, two years? Yes. Wow. The wedding dress for number five was just a rented costume <laughs> and not a real wedding dress. It was. <laughs> and you used a styrofoam wedding cake, wedding cake that we had to pull made from paper. Christmas decorations. Well, at least you're getting reusable <laughs> stuff. Okay, she says every time she marries, she believes it will be forever. She says every divorce makes her feel like an even bigger failure. And it actually is painful to you when you get divorced, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Do you see a common denominator here? Yes. What would it be? The biggest one is that I did it really quick every time. I just married them quickly. Well, I thought the biggest one was you. Well, <laughs> well besides that one. You've been in all ten, right? right? Okay, right. just checking. Number six. Okay, only dated one month before getting married. It lasted one month. Yes. Number seven, remarried number six again. A month after the divorce. So I, you're, I'm sorry, this, I, I get confused too. Me too. Sorry. Listen, I need, to, I need a six, dance card for this. I, I'm so sorry. Six, I was married to for a year, and then the second marriage was only one month. Well, for one month, the second time? Yeah. Okay, and you were out of it for a month? Yes. And then you got remarried for a month? Really? Yeah. I mean, during that four weeks, you said, I just got to have me some more of this? <laughs> All right, number eight, met and got married within a week. Right? Did mm, I get that one yes, right? Yes, yes, that's within, right. I know you got to take a minute. I know, I, I have to process. And it lasted? Six weeks. Gotcha. Number nine, married for a month. You stayed together for two and a half months, but you got married after a month, right? Mm -hmm. So you knew him a month, got married for two and a half months. Right. Really? Number 10... Now, she says she had been friends with him since high school, right? Since elementary. Yeah, elementary school. Okay. How long did it last? A little over a month once we got married. You knew him since grade school? We had a break And you didn't in learn there. anything that you learned in that one month? Yeah, that was... Uh, he left. That's the marriage where he, le he left, so... Okay, well, 11, if he goes through with it, is a guy named Anthony. Now, he's got a couple of concerns. He's got... <laughs> probably 10 concerns that he wants to ask me about a little bit later in the show. Let's go have a seat here. I'm tired okay. and you've, I didn't even marry them all. Um, my first question for you is, how have you gotten 10 men to marry you? Because I, I, I don't mean that as an insult, but I don't, I don't even know 10 people that I could ask to marry me. I don't know. I just have a personality that, like, with people that I meet, I, I love them instantly. You're a serial bride. Right. Are you in Always love? Always a bride, never a bridesmaid. <laughs> exactly. Are you, are you in love with getting married? I think I'm in love with the ideal of having 
a family. That's what I always wanted and to have. But you keep quitting before you have a chance. You had, you had three children with one, mm -hmm. and so that didn't work. So you go through nine more. Obviously, when you don't date someone for longer than a month, there's things that come up after you're married. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing That's here? why you don't get married after a month. Right. Would you marry somebody that would marry somebody that had been married seven or eight times? I mean, wouldn't their bar be pretty low? Because the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. The right. best predictor that, this, that number 11 is going to work, I, I mean, sorry, odds are against it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, based on history, right. you have Absolutely. to say odds are against it, unless Absolutely. something dramatically different takes place. We are going to take a break. When we come back, number 11, next potential number 11 is here. I really want to hear what he's thinking. We'll be right back. <laughs> You've had more than 10 people ask you to marry. Wow. How many have you turned down? Probably about five, six. Really? What is your secret? <laughs> we, 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 you won't know, right? Tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil. No one was prepared You're a cop. for this shocking revelation. And you are a heroin addict. Heroin? You have no idea, because your dad, how much hurt that just caused. She deceived her family. Anybody that will use a mother's love to get drugs, that's terrible. Now comes the moment of truth. Should I throw in the towel? I want you to pick the towel back up, because you're going to need it. Then on Thursday. The honeymoon ended the day after my wedding. It's a battle of the exes. There was a woman wearing my fur coat on his cell phone. Actually, it's all she's wearing. That's Thursday. Clearly, nobody likes going through a divorce, and unfortunately, it's not something many have had to endure more than once. How about experiencing 10 divorces? That's how many times my guest has been divorced. Now, you're just 43, right? Right. How old were you the first time you got married? 18. So from 28 to 43, you've put in nine marriages and divorces. Now, she says she's about to get married for an 11th time, but her fiancé, Anthony, has, well, he's got a few concerns. I'm going to ask him to join us now. He's going to walk down this aisle. Uh, we'll see if he's going to walk down another one. Let's take a look at his story, and then we'll talk. When Monette told me about her marriage history, definitely shocked, to say the least. Monette is in love with being in love. She never took the time to find out what these guys were about. My courtships have not been long before I've decided to get married. It's generally been around two months, but this relationship is different. Anthony and I have been dating for 10 months. It feels right. When Monette first approached me about being married on 11, 11, 11, I was concerned. I didn't want it to be like a farce. I wanted her to know that by me getting married to her that it was a permanent thing. It wasn't something that was just a, a flash in the pan. I think the relationship with Anthony will be different than other marriages because he really cares about what is important to me and I care about what's important to him. And both of us will do the give and take, which I haven't had before. I am nervous. In the back of my mind, I feel like it's a possibility that I could be the one of divorce. I have fear that I might not get it right. I hope that this is my last marriage for myself and for my children. Well, I'm here with Monette and Anthony. 
Now, Anthony, you've been watching the show so far. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of taken a walk down memory lane. Yeah. Um, Done that a couple times. One, two, <laughs> three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And you're 11. And, and so you have made the wedding a, a theme. It's the 11, 11, 11 theme. Yes. So you're going to get married on 11, 11, 11. Mm -hmm. You're going to get married 11, 11. So you're going to have an 11 tiered wedding, wedding cake. cake. Are you concerned that this is going to last for 11 days or 11 <laughs> weeks? Or I, just from a guy, I mean, put the doctor off, Dr. Phil. This this this. Talk to Anthony and Phil. All right, Phil. What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've known Monette. She's an awesome person. Well, I'm sure she is, and, and she is delightful. But it seems like you're making a big goof out of the whole thing by doing 11-11-11 for your 11th husband. Well, we talked about that, and he's like, we did this because I was like, I'm like in the numbers thing, and I was like, okay, this is lucky, it's 11, it's lucky. And he said that to me. He goes, I don't want anyone to think that this is a joke, this is a scheme, I love you, I want to marry you. That's the problem, though. I mean, it, it, it seems like you're not taking it real seriously if you're doing this 11-11 thing. It's absolutely a serious thing about, because I don't want, I don't want another divorce. You know, it's, it's really funny because, like, a lot of people think that it gets easier. It doesn't. You know, and so with him, that's why, sorry, with him, that's why I've taken longer. We've, we've done things together. We've, you know, we've discussed things. I was like, before we get married, I want to do things, you know, to make sure that it works. And so we actually listened to your book on audio, Relationship Rescue. And something that's really awesome about him is that it's really, whenever I've said I want to run or I've been like, I don't know if I can do this. He said, no, you're not. He's like, don't put, and he took from your book, don't put our relationship up on the table. Let's work it out. Let's talk through it. Let's figure out what we need to do to make it work. And I've never had someone do that. And I trust him with everything. And I've never been able to do that with a person in my adult life. Have you been married before? Once. Once? Yeah. How long did that last? Mm, less than a year. Okay, so you got 10 for you, one for him. Let me ask you, have, have you ever had a proposal you didn't accept? Yes. So you've had more than 10 people ask you to marry? That's... And uh, Yeah, <laughs> my sister's down there, yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. How many have you turned down? I don't know how many, probably, probably about five, six. Really? So you've been proposed to 15 or 16 times? Uh-huh. Wow. What is your secret? I mean, you want to know, right? What, what is your secret? I, I don't know. I just think when, even with my friends, when I become friends with someone, they'll, they feel really comfortable with me instantly. I get that. And, and I know a lot of, I've met a lot of women in my life that were cheerful, but I didn't marry them. One of his key questions are, are there any warning signs here that this could be a bad decision? <laughs> yeah. I don't think... I don't think that's the way I put it. Well, well, what? How, how, how did you put it? Well, I, I, was, I, I wanted to make sure that we could make this work uh, for, for the long term. Here's a warning sign. This is just an intuitive guess. That if we drill down on many of these ten, you married people with the understanding that if it didn't work out, you'd be okay. You marry people that's safe to lose if you lose. 
And I think that that's one thing that's really scary with him is that he's not safe to lose. So you, you, know? you agree with my speculation I, here? That's right on. Okay. Do you hear what she just said? She said, I choose people that it's not going to be painful to lose. Now, if I was the guy that was queued up for next, and I knew that my partner had a pattern of choosing people that was okay if it didn't work, that would be of concern to me. Now, we have to take a break. Next, we're going to hear what some of uh, Monette's 11 bridesmaids have to say <laughs> about their friend getting married for the 11th time. We'll be right back. Starting Thursday. I know I have to walk away because even if you don't mean to hurt me, you very likely could. Some of these moms participate in mother daughter pageants. You're being a psycho, crazy pageant mom is what you're being. She gets upset that I get attention over her. We fight every day, and I don't want to do that with you anymore. You did sexually molest your little sister, correct? Yes. It's like casual. Let me tell you, there isn't anything casual about molesting an eight-year-old child. She has tried to set my husband up with other women. Did you put him on a dating website? I did. I hate my daughter-in-law. They're young and obviously so in love. The problem is he's a married man and he is not married to her. You want to leave with her husband. She does not give him the love that he deserves. You're offended at her? Still talk to the guy you had the affair with? Well, I don't think it was an affair. If y'all got together and you drop the linen and start grinning, that's an affair. All this November on Dr. Phil. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, talk to one of them they stay anonymous i can't hang up that's all the rules i never know what's going to happen we get serious ones i've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison i've talked to people who survived mass shootings crazy funny ones i talked to a guy with a goose laugh somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends i never know what's going to happen it's a great show subscribe today beautiful anonymous hi i'm chris gethard and i'm very excited to tell you about beautiful anonymous a podcast where i talk to random people on the phone i tweet out a phone number thousands of people try to call talk to one of them they stay anonymous i can't hang up that's all the rules i never know what's going to happen we get serious ones i've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison i've talked to people who survived mass shootings crazy funny ones i talked to a guy with a goose laugh somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends i never know what's going to happen it's a great show subscribe today beautiful anonymous Okay, well, we've been talking with Monette, a 43-year-old woman who's been married and divorced a total of 10 times, nine of those between the ages of 28 and 43. She's here with her fiancé, Anthony. He's groom, potential number 11. She has a large wedding plan for 11, 11, 11 with 11 bridesmaids, 11 groomsmen, and lots of family. Now, let's hear from some of the bridesmaids. 
I'm here with Monette and Anthony. They're engaged to be married. And uh, her daughter Mercedes is here, a great friend, Debbie, who they, these two have concerns. These guys all have concerns, but everybody agrees on one thing. They all think Monette is a terrific woman. They all think Anthony is a really great guy, quality guy, right? No, I mean, nobody doubts that. And l let me tell you seriously what I think about this. But I want you to know truthfully that I think if you two get married, the chance of it working is somewhere around zero. I'm just telling you the truth as I see it. Now, does that have to be the case? No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be the case. There are things you can do that could actually make this the one that defies the statistics, defies the trend, defies the logic. Now, we both know that you, you lost your father at a young age, and it was a very painful thing to you because this is someone that really loved you. And as long as he was alive, you knew there was one person in this world that thought you were a wonderful, terrific, special person. And I can see when I bring this up right now that that is as raw with you today as it was the day that it happened. And you've never dealt with that. I suspect that you've never fully grieved that loss, that you've never really healed those wounds. And so what you've gotten is a series of fixes along the way that as long as somebody is infatuated with you and in love with you and lifts you up and everything is wonderful, then it's kind of like substitute daddy. But then when the new wears off of that and you don't have that special feeling anymore, then it's like, well, this isn't working anymore. I need to go get this filled up again. And you're confusing love with infatuation. You're confusing falling in love with being in love. And those are two very different but equal quality things. You have got a very immature approach to relationships. And you have a quality guy here. We, we asked this guy a million questions, and he's not exactly a chatterbox. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he was very honest and very forthcoming because he really does love you. You've got a guy that loves you and is committed to you, and you're going to screw it up because you're going to do the same thing in 11 you did in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And when the bloom is off of that, you're, you're going to think something's wrong. And it's not wrong. It just changes. It, it's not that love is gone. It just evolves into a more comfortable, predictable, secure. And you've never allowed yourself to get into that. So you need some work on that. You need some premarital work. Now, can you get that done by 11, 11, 11? <laughs> I don't know. But I will tell you this. I will arrange for someone, a professional, in your town to sit down with you and take you through, take you through a premarital boot camp. And I would highly recommend that you get the Relationship Rescue book, which I will hand you backstage. <laughs> Thank you. And you two actually sit down and go through the written parts of that, which force you to answer some hard questions that you have run from like a 100-meter sprinter. <laughs> it's time you stop running, turn around, and say, okay, let's deal with this because I've got one that is worth keeping.
And if you really, really care about him, you'll do the work and forget about the cutesy 111111 stuff and get married when you're ready. Whether it's then or it's later, you'll do the work and get it done. Does that make sense to you? Does it make sense to you guys? I mean, actually do the work. Okay. Okay? All right. All right. All right, we got to move on. Next, we're going to meet a woman who says she loves 90% of her boyfriend. But it's the other 10% that she says could be a deal breaker. We're going to find out what's wrong in that 10% when we come back. I would like to marry Stephen, but he can be very rude and very insensitive. Most of the time, our relationship is great. It's very loving, but sometimes things aren't great. She gets frustrated or angry towards me. She has had a way of just up and leaving me. I can't continue to date someone who treats me this way. We're talking with couples who say that they won't say I do until their relationship concerns get figured out, get sorted out. Now, Stacy wrote me a letter about her boyfriend, Stephen, the guy she says she thought was 90% perfect. It's just that other 10%. Take a look. I would like to marry Stephen, but he can be very rude and very insensitive. When we disagree, he tends to put me down. He has said I'm selfish, self-centered, a B-word, things that I feel that I'm not. I always speak from the heart. There's times that I probably should think through what I have to say, but I'm very passionate. That's who I am. He also tries to control me, and those are red flags. He's always on my case about my makeup, and that I wear too much makeup, and that I have a heavy hand. I think that she wears a little more than maybe she should. She's naturally a pretty woman and beautiful. I just like more of a natural look, just how I feel. Most of the time, our relationship is great. It's very loving, but sometimes things aren't great. She gets frustrated or angry towards me, or she has had a way of just up and leaving the situation, or in essence, leaving me. One time, she decided to uh, leave. I was left standing on the curb in the middle of New York. He called me and that was enough. I would never try to be deliberately mean or, or, or hurtful to her. I've tried to apologize and move forward. Before I can walk down the aisle with Steven, I need to feel comfortable and safe around him. If things don't change, I'm breaking up with him. I can't continue to date someone who treats me this way. Well, Stacy is here, uh, but we have an empty chair next to her because of a fight Stacy and Steven had at the hotel before the show. Now, tell us what happened. Bring That's us up right. to date here. So I live in New York. Stephen lives in Dallas. So we're in a long-distance relationship. So we hadn't seen each other for two weeks. And flew in, had a great day together on Saturday, and things were going great. We were getting ready for dinner. And he had lived in L.A. before, so we had a whole night planned for us, um, a great place um, that was supposed to be a surprise for dinner. And as we were getting ready, he started saying hurtful things to me. He yelled at me for about five minutes. And I said, Stephen, if you're going to be this way, I don't want to go out to dinner. We're both tired. You know, I think it's best if we just stay in the hotel tonight. I hope you understand. He said, I'm, no, I'm not letting you do this. We're going out. We're having a dinner. I decided, you know what, I'm not going out. I changed out of my dress and into my pajamas and sat on the bed and said, Stephen, you know, thank you for planning a great night for us, but I just, I can't go. I'm tired. I don't think it's the right thing to do. So at that point, he started picking me up off the bed 
set me on the floor and said, you're going to get dressed. We're going to go out. And I said, Stephen, I'm not. I'm not. So he kind of walked down away. And um, again, I said, I'm not going out. And he kicked a pillow at me. And at that point, that's when I got afraid that things could get worse. And I could hear um, people in the room next to us. So I thought, OK, he's, his, his voice carries anyway. I knew they could hear what was going on. So I thought if I could yell security or can you call security, they could bring someone in to interrupt the situation before things got more physical. I ran to the adjoining door and opened it and knocked on it. And the girl said, we got it. We called security 20 minutes ago. And then he picked me up after I had my phone and kind of picked me up and pushed me. And I fell down, hit my tailbone, and hit the back of my head on a not very well padded floor. And I laid on the ground and I cried. It hurt. I heard kind of a, a crack or a pop whenever I hit it. Security came about a minute after that happened, thank God. They, they called the police. Correct. Whenever all that happened, the hotel security came in, the fire department came in, um, and the um, you know, medical assistants came. And they were with me, I would say, about 45 minutes in the room. Um, I was laying in there. I couldn't move my head at the time, and I was concerned about that. Also, I was shaking, visibly shaking. And I, they had me try to grip, and I couldn't grip my arms, so they were afraid that there could be more damage because of that. Meanwhile, I heard him outside. I know he was trying to get back in. The security would not let him back in. I had no idea what was going on with him until much later at the hospital when I talked to the police. And so they took him to jail. Yes. Put him under arrest and yes. charged with what? From what I understand, he, it's now a felony um, cohabitation domestic violence. Okay. Now, Stephen was arrested, this was two days ago, for cohabitation abuse, I think is what they called it. Now, he actually called us yesterday from jail to tell us his version. Here's what he had to say. A lot of things took place that, that I guess shouldn't have between her and I. We had a great afternoon at we went and uh, checked into the hotel and everything was fine uh, for a while. She was completely just negative towards me and being disrespectful. And, and I, you know, felt the need to stand my ground. And she's like, do you want to hit me, Stephen? Do you want to hit me? And I'm like, no, I don't want to hit you, baby. And she was baiting me to try and do something like that. And she goes to knock on the door, like the, the, the retaining door between the two rooms. So I, I grabbed her from behind. And I was like, just going to pick her up and move her away from the door and try and sit down on the bed and talk about this. And when that happened, I kind of lost my balance, and we both fell. She fell a little harder than me. She was hurt and was laying there. And at about that time is when the security from the hotel knocked on the door. Uh, Stacy, I've never felt so bad about what happened between us last night. My feelings are still as strong for you as they have been. And uh, I'm very sorry, and I want you to know that. And I hope that uh, you'll forgive me and know that I do love you. Well, what's your reaction to what he had to say? I'm nodding my head the whole time because I agree with everything. And as crazy as it is, I've wanted to talk to him and I've wanted to tell him, not that I apologize, but I feel bad about the situation that he's in. I'm a compassionate person and I, um, I feel bad. I, I, he hurt me and I don't feel bad about that and I'll never apologize. I'm not perfect. Did I have a part in our argument that night, absolutely. I'm not perfect. I said hurtful things. And that's the thing, Dr. Phil, is there's so much passion between us that it can either be amazing and the best feelings ever, or it can be like, what happened? And that's what I was afraid of, and that's what I wrote in about, is when is that 10%, that controlling behavior and our communication style, when does that outweigh all the other 90% of the great stuff? I mean, you saw him. He is a charming, handsome, wonderful, loving person. I've never felt 
the way that I have about anyone, the way I felt about him. But I did see some warning signs, and my friends and my family saw these warning signs as well. And that was my concern is, could this become physical? And when do you, when do you get out? And when is it too much? And can he change? Well, that's a compound question. Every part of it important. And I'm going to answer them all when we come back. Okay, well, we're talking with men and women who don't want to say I do until certain concerns they have with their partners are cleared up. Now, Stacy calls Stephen controlling, misogynistic, and self-centered. So why did she consider marrying him even before what we just talked about? There are some issues here that I want to be very, very, very clear about. And in your defense... You don't really have a history of this with him. This is the first time you've wound up in the hospital and he's been arrested and all that. So you don't have a history of domestic violence here, but you had concerns about him being controlling and things of that nature. I get that. Um, But things got worse. Let me see your bruises here. um, You know, this... Uh, that's, that's an ugly bruise, and we're not going to shave your head to see what it looks like, but you got into a, a situation that uh, could have resulted in a serious injury with you. Now, he's in jail, and I understand his bail is substantial. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I think I saw somewhere it's over a quarter of a million dollars or something uh, for his bail. Uh, it's been picked up on the internet now because you were coming here and when my name's attached, things sometimes get bigger. I want you to think about this and, and what I think you should do. That's what you want to know, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Thank you. You know, we ask you all a million questions mm-hmm. to which you were, were very uh, forthcoming. And you talked about a lot of relationship issues. You said we're very passionate. We're like a tornado meeting a hurricane. And I'm not sure if we're going to to be destructive or bring world peace, but we are a powerful, passionate force. And, you know, he says that you don't pay enough attention to him out in public, that you've left him standing, that you change your mind, that you're manipulative, which is probably what he's describing here, where you're going to go out to dinner now, you don't want to go, and you've been to clubs, and you'd leave him outside and go back in, and you've always got a friend with you, and he's concerned about those sort of things. He has called you names. Mm -hmm. You say he's called you the the B word and a whole lot of other things like uh, containing the crazy gene, materialistic, self-centered, bad taste in friends. Your friends are bitchy, ditzy, clueless. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said he is misogynistic. He yes. comes between you and your friends, criticizes your makeup. And you know what? Those things don't bother me, frankly, okay. uh, because those are relationship. We're now talking about a safety issue. Yes. And that is a completely different situation here. You came here to ask me, you know, Dr. Phil, this is basically a good guy, but we have some differences in the way we see things. Can we resolve those? My answer probably would have been yes. Uh, You can resolve those things. Relationships are a negotiation, and negotiation never ends. If you have problems, you resolve them. I mean, you get through them. But when I talk about relationships, there are a few things that are what I consider drop-dead deal-breakers. And physical violence is one of the short list of things that are drop-dead deal-breakers. Drug addiction is a drop-dead deal-breaker. Because once you get into that situation, your very life could be in danger. Now, does that mean that he would want to hurt you? He doesn't have to want to. 
if he drops you on the floor and you hit your head and you get a clot and you have a stroke and you die, you're just as dead whether he meant to do it or whether he didn't. That's why it's a zero-tolerance situation. You do not put your hands on a woman in anger ever, period. Zero tolerance. Nor should you put your hands on him in anger. But that's not what we're talking about here. This is a deal-breaker. And you should not be alone with him again unless and until a professional has been involved in this situation, has worked out whatever dynamic causes him to give himself license to get physical with you, and that objective professional tells you that in their professional opinion, you are safe to proceed. Until that happens, you should not be around this person. I'm sorry. I don't mean he's a bad guy. And I'm very sensitive about this because he's not here to defend himself. I, you know, I would love to hear his side of this. So everything I'm talking about here is one-sided. It's, it's, it's your side of it. And not that I think you're lying, but I don't care how flat you make a pancake, it's got two sides until it comes to putting your hand on a woman in violence. And that is, that, that is, not, um, that is not okay under any theory. You are in danger here. And should you continue a relationship with him? Absolutely, unequivocally not, unless it is under the supervision of some professionals who can work out these things. If he has anger issues, he needs to resolve them. If you two have a dynamic where you come together in a spark way, then that needs to be resolved. But at this point, I'm telling you, 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 you should not be around somebody that has put their hands on you in anger and violence. I'm sure he's sorry that this took place. I'm sure you're sorry that it took place. I'm sure you didn't intend for him to be arrested and be sitting down there with a quarter million plus bail on his head, if that's what it is. Uh, so now you've got a big problem. Yes. But when you choose the behavior, you choose the consequences, and that's what he chose to do, and he needs help with this. Maybe this will be the spark that gets him that help. Maybe this will be the thing where he says, you know, this obviously is not okay. But if he's alone with you in a room to the point that you're having to go beat on a door and call for help, then you don't want to get back in that situation until something dramatic has happened to change it. Do you agree with what I I'm saying? I definitely agree. Thank you, Dr. Phil. And all of these issues, th th this is all negotiable. These yeah. things are all workoutable. You, you, you can do that. But this is non-negotiable. agree. Do, do you get my point? I agree. And things change. The show would have been 100% different if Saturday night wouldn't have happened. Right, because there's not a history of this exactly. before. But there is now, and so that changes the dynamic. And I, I would be happy to speak with him. Great. And I will be happy to make available to him in Dallas uh, the kind of, of help and counsel he needs to get a handle on this. In fact, I've already made some calls about that. And so we will help him. But the first thing you've got to do is get out of jail and yes. then get permission to leave Cal. It just gets to be a problem. We'll grab yeah. that. Thank you. Closed captioning provided by... like to purchase a DVD or transcript of your favorite Dr. Phil show, please log on to drphil.com or call 866-4-DR-PHIL. That's 866-437-7445. 866-437-7445. I want to thank all of our guests today and a special thanks to HiddenGardenFlowers.com for all of the bouquets today. 
probably quite a phone call. We need 10, <laughs> actually 11. Uh, we have a Facebook poll. What's one thing you'd like to change about your partner before you tie the knot? Go to Facebook, click our Dr. Phil's page like, and see what others' concerns might be. And you can take my partner awareness quiz where you can answer all the true and false questions where you find out whether or not you really know who your partner is. And you are going to be really surprised on what you don't know about your partner. Log on to drphil.com for more insight on what you need to know before you get married. Underline before. Thanks for being here. So long. I want to thank all of our guests today and a special thanks to hiddengardenflowers.com for all of the bouquets today. <laughs> it's probably quite a phone call. We need 10, actually 11. Uh, we have a Facebook poll. What's one thing you'd like to change about your partner before you tie the knot? Go to Facebook, click our Dr. Phil's page like and see what others' concerns might be. And you can take my partner awareness quiz where you can answer all the true and false questions where you find out whether or not you really know who your partner is. And you are going to be really surprised on what you don't know about your partner. Log on to drphil.com for more insight on what you need to know before you get married. Underline before. Thanks for being here. So long. <laughs>